Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today, I have a fantastic guest. This guy I've known for a long time, and I was just thinking about how do I best describe this guest? And I believe my guest today, Deacon Bradley, is one of those guys that you just feel smarter after you have a conversation with this guy. You feel smarter, you feel better equipped to tackle business issues. You feel like you got things figured out a little bit better. You're ready to charge ahead. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce Resources. That's right. Here at OMG Commerce, we want to help make sure you're educated and in the know to capitalize on the latest tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your e-commerce business. So if you go to omgcommerce.com and under resources, click on guides, we have some cutting edge free information for you on things like how to dominate with Amazon DSP ads or how to use Amazon sponsor brand video ads and how to craft the perfect ad. We have several guides on how to capitalize on YouTube ads from creating the perfect ad to knowing when you're ready to scale. Plus there's a newly updated Google shopping guide plus more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com and click on guides under resources. And now back to the show. Deacon and I first worked together maybe a couple years ago now. We were both serving the same client, but from different agencies. So OMG Commerce was helping this client with Google and YouTube ads. Deacon at the time was with Tier 11 and Ralph Burns. And so they were working on the Facebook side. And I was like, man, this guy's smart. And then we reconnected in Austin just recently, had a chat. And we thought, man, let's, let's do a podcast together. Let's talk about some interesting things. And so our topic today, we're looking at growth multipliers versus growth inhibitors, right? So how do we multiply growth and how do we identify these things that are really tripping us up and keeping us from growing? And so with that, Deacon, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? And, and thanks for coming on. Awesome. I am pumped to be here and I am pumped about this topic. And and Brett, I remember this, this comes up uh, when we were in Austin hanging out, we talked about this stuff. And really it comes up anytime I talk to somebody in who's like really involved with agencies. So they're behind the scenes yeah. of tons of different brands. They get to see all of this stuff. And as soon as we started talking about like growth, things that are like really accelerating growth and things that are inhibiting growth, it's like, we're both just like so engaged and fired up and ex yeah. both excited and frustrated at the same time as we're <laughs> yeah. seeing all of these businesses. So I'm really excited to just let people in on some of those things that we see uh, that really make the difference because it's not always the things that the gurus are selling you. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And, and what's interesting, you know, the, the agency model and and you're you're on your own, you're independent now, you're consulting, you're doing a lot of cool things, which we'll dive into. But but being in the kind of this agency world, we we see a variety of businesses, right? And we're we're working with just high growth, rapid growth businesses, great brands. But sometimes you you, you really get a, a clear picture, it becomes kind of clear. Um, the growth isn't just about having the best product and growth isn't just about having the best marketing, right? It's also like the founder behind the, the, the mm -hmm. company and how the team operates. It's not about who's the smartest per se. So anyway, we're I'm really excited to dive into this with you. Yeah, you and I were having a chat in Austin and we're like, hey, this, this conversation would make for a great podcast. Let's try to, let's try to recreate this thing. And so uh, let's talk about a couple of things. What, what are some of the growth inhibitors you see 
right now, and I know I know you've had some recent conversations with CEOs where you're like, ah, that's going to inhibit your growth for sure. But what are some of the top uh, lids to growth or growth inhibitors that you see? Sure. I, I think, funny you mentioned that, I literally just got off the phone with a CEO right before this who is running a multi-million dollar business. They've been successful in retail. They've been successful online. Uh, and the CEO is working to to figure out how to take things to the next level. And in the in the process of this, they're kind of like re-engineering some things. So they're bringing in agencies. They're sending other agencies away. They're bringing in new team members and like trying to put the pieces together. And when it comes down to it, though, I'm looking at it kind of from the outside, like like a little wary. And, and part of me is like, I don't want to be discouraging. I'm like, you are missing something really important. And that is you're looking at, these pieces that you're bringing in is like, oh, and then I'll bring in the Facebook agency and then I'll, I'll attach the Google agency and, the, and then the Amazon agency plugs in over here and growth. Like, yeah. that's it. That's like as far as yeah, you've it's thought. It's like ingredients in a cake. I'll just throw a little flour, a little sugar, a little butter. Hey, presto. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and Brett, now that I'm saying this out loud, you and I were, were talking before we hit record about another CEO that both of us had talked to about this. And I think they're looking at it the same way. Yeah, it's like yeah. these are ingredients in the cake, and you know, a, spray, yep. a dash of Facebook, a, a, a little just bit just of Google. Grab my marketing and over here. How profit. hard can it be, right? Just come and do this thing. Yeah, and so I think that's one of the biggest inhibitors that I see is just that that perception of what agency or it's almost like it's a fantastic tool, but you're using it wrong. If you're just plugging them in, and, and it's like you're putting too much on them as far as what they're able to, um, what they're able to create what their responsibility is stuff like that um yeah it's just i, I often see it's a great tool that's used wrong yeah and, and so uh, and obviously you know we've both been in the agency world and, and i love it when a client says hey i could really use some google and youtube help i'm going to talk to omg we love that but just plugging in pieces doesn't fully work right getting getting an agency or an uh um, director of marketing on your staff that really understands what you're trying to do and, and that, that's a good fit for you, good personality fit and all that. That's super important. But what's kind of the connector that you think people are missing? Because it is good to find like the best Facebook agency and the best YouTube agency and the best Amazon agency, plug those in. But what's the connecting piece that's missing? Like what's that growth multiplier that needs to be there for that to work? Oh uh, yeah, I am. This is this one. I don't see it done often. But when it's done, it is such a huge difference maker. And I don't want to put like a job title on it because then people just go put up a job post with that title and they're like, and they and they use it just like one, one more ingredient. Um, mm. it's, so it's not like a job title. It's really just kind of like a mindset and a role and, and like a, what this person's seat is on the bus. And so imagine you've got, uh, just to simplify, let's say we've got Google and Facebook going. Uh, the person that is missing is, is these are usually two different agencies. Even if they're one agency doing both things, you still need this person, which is... It's usually different people, right? You don't like have right, the same specialist right. running Facebook and Google. Like there's a different, it's a different headspace. It's usually yes. always a different person if it's the same agency. So what I found is that typically there is, it is so difficult to run paid media these days that you have to be a real expert on that platform. And so, Brett, like you were saying, yeah, it's two totally different people. Uh, yeah. And if you are have never been one of those people, let me just let you in on a secret. They are heads down, 
figuring out the algorithm, looking at stats. They're like deep in the weeds of mm. operating this thing. What they're yep. not thinking about is your, your brand or your customer journey or all of these things that are actually kind of like the secret sauce to making direct-to-consumer work. And so this role that, I, that I'm describing is like, oh, this is kind of the, the growth multiplier is somebody who's thinking about that stuff, who's saying, hey, this is the product that we're selling right now. And we know that we want to be selling it because it's a great customer acquisition product. And when somebody buys it, I know I've got an email team lined up that's going to sell them the next thing. And in 30, 60, 90 days, then I'll see my profit so that I can grow and scale again. That is like a, a level or two above where a typical paid media buyer is thinking. And so the growth inhibitor is hoping your agency is going to think of that for you. The growth yeah. multiplier is taking ownership of that, putting someone in that chair who spends all of their time and effort just thinking about it. They understand your products. They understand mm -hmm. your margins. They understand your customers and where you can acquire customers uh, and, and actually grow your business in a strategy that all works together. Yep, I, I love that. And I think the right agency, even if their focus is more on the media buying side, they can give you insights. They can give you suggestions. They can maybe let you know when and the brand message here isn't really jiving or this isn't really connecting for me, but usually they're not the one driving the strategy, right? And so you need either someone on your team or you need an agency or whoever that can say, hey, this is this is like an ownable space in the market, right? This is, this is our position in the marketplace of, of what our product does and who it's for and where are we going and who are we serving? Like, what is this brand going to be? And then your agencies can just help you get there faster and help you accelerate that that growth. Yeah. But, you know, we experienced this with the, the shared client. And obviously, I won't, I won't name names or disparage anybody because this, this client was that we worked with together super, super smart. But they even had an issue with this, right? They had like three or four or five products and we're like, well, what product do we buy when? And and how do these products, like, is there a journey? Do, we, do I buy this product first and then I yeah, graduate to that product? Up. <laughs> or do I use this product on these? And they're like, well, yeah, we're, and they're like, we never got an answer. And I think the bottom line is nobody, nobody knew. Right? And, so and you know, like, what's Whoa. funny about that situation, Brett, is that your team and my team were on calls together without the client. And we were essentially trying to fill in <laughs> we were this to role that we just described because nobody was yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could we, could we could feel it in the ads. Like there were some great ads where we were spending mm -hmm. a lot of money on ads profitably, but we're like, this is, this is, it's missing something. So let's see if we can, injected and, and we couldn't fully, but it was, yeah, it was super interesting. So, so I love that. Uh, what, what are some other growth inhibitors? What, what are some things that keep, you know, entrepreneurs and D2C brands from growing? Uh, another one, this is from the last call that I was on and, and as, as she was talking through it, I was like, I was like, man, how do you not know this yet? And then I thought back a little further and I was like, oh, this actually comes up all the time. <laughs> and that's just uh, not knowing your numbers. Yeah. And there, there's a, there's a, there's, this is a hard topic. A lot of CEO leaders are what you would classify as visionary. And that's fan, a yes. fantastic, it's an amazing gift. It's not a gift that I have. I'm the integrator in, in most partnerships. And so visionaries will often either just totally skip this numbers part or they'll look at it too, like they're zoomed out too far. Uh, and so, for example, a CEO I'm on the call with is like, oh, well, we you know we ran the numbers for, for last year and we had a CPA of 28. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm not sure what to do with that. That's really 
big because you yeah. sell like about 100 different SKUs at price points from 25 to $500. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not sure yeah. what to do with CPA. Oh, and that was also blending multiple channels together. So it was like, <laughs> and, and blending cold and warm and remarketing. I mean, that's yeah. like, like blended, blended. That's, that is a number that, that's meaningless. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, and the, the sad part is somebody went to a lot of work to compile a lot of channels to come up with that number that's not very helpful. Uh, and so as, as the, by not knowing your numbers, I would consider, even though this CEO had a specific number when I asked for it, I don't consider that like knowing your numbers. Cause what I'm really after is, well, uh, let's talk new customers, somebody who's never bought from you before. How much does it cost to acquire one of those? More interestingly, what I want to know is, is so Brett, you and I in agency land are interested in like, how much does it cost for us to get one of those? If I'm the CEO on the other side of the wall, the way that I'm thinking is, what can I afford to pay to get one? Yeah. And it's kind of like the reverse. It's like, hey, yeah. Brett or agency that I've hired, uh, I can pay $100 to get somebody to buy this thing. That's knowing your numbers because you know that when they buy the thing, you're either going to profit a little bit right away and a lot later or however it works in your business. Or break, or break even now and profit later, whatever the case may be. Yeah. yeah and, and I still remember there's this fantastic Dan Kennedy quote from back in the day where you know, he said he, he or she who can afford to spend the most to acquire a customer wins, right? And that, and if you if you unpack that a little bit, that's not just saying whoever throws the most money at a problem wins. That that's not what it's saying. It's saying the person that can that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And then what that means is, I can profitably. You can only spend eighty dollars to acquire a customer because your your back end and your upsells and your lifetime value is low. But because of the way mine is structured, I can pay one hundred and twenty dollars profitably to go mm -hmm. get a customer. So I've got more channels, more tools more at my disposal and I can scale a lot quicker than you can. And so that, that's an interesting way to, to look at it for sure. But you got to go deeper than that. Yeah, my blended, blended, blended number is $28 CPA. That's, <laughs> that's email and that's organic and that's YouTube and Facebook and, you know, yeah, not a helpful number. You're reminding me of a, of a, a moment or one of my big takeaways. So the event that we were at in Austin was essentially an event with, with for like an investment fund, lots of yep, e-commerce yep. grants there. And so there's lots of investors there who, these are people who had put their money into a fund and the the e-commerce brands that were that received the investment were there and they were all kind of like working together to collectively grow. And so one of the things that I thought was really interesting was uh, a big takeaway that I kept hearing over and over was it was so fascinating to hear these investors saying things like, um, I want to free you up to stop trying to make a profit on your first sale yeah. because that is yeah. killing you. That <laughs> kills so, your growth. It totally kills your growth. Yeah. So the growth multiplier, uh, I think is, is kind of, is, is it's knowing your numbers. And then also that kind of component of that mindset of, of this is how my business works. I break even on the first sale. I go into the whole X amount on the first sale, whatever it is for your business. Uh, and then just really committing to that and just relaxing into it that this is our plan and I know that it works. So let's go do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think I think sometimes there's maybe this tendency. I know I've done this as a CEO that you know I want to go after like the hardest problems, the most complex things. And and I really like media. I still get into some of the weeds, even though I'm running the company. I'm still or CEO. I'm, I'm I've got a great integrator uh, like you, Deacon. We we have uh, Sarah Still on our team, who's an amazing integrator. So need that. But I'm still casting vision and kind of high level growth. But I like to get into the weeds of things. I, I like media. I like YouTube. I'm still like tinkering and coming up with new strategies and stuff. I tend to go to the hardest problems. And on occasion, I think sometimes the numbers seem disarmingly simple. Or they're like, oh, that's just like that's just like addition or, or mold. It's like, it's easy. I don't need to focus on that. I'm going to focus on this problem. Uh, or we're, we're thinking high level and just doing the fun stuff, right? But the numbers and knowing the numbers at the level you're talking about and that we're talking about, that is the business, right? Like that, that you have to know that. Um, and then once you do know that and you're comfortable, that you have to settle into it. We, we've got a, a client who's so good at this where they look at, you know, they can acquire a customer for about $120 and the initial purchase is less than 50, but they know they just got their systems dialed in, but that's going to be a very, very profitable customer two or three months down the road. And so we can just hit the gas pedal and go. Um, but a lot of people aren't at that, aren't at the level they're at uh, in terms of knowing the numbers. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, so they're they're going well into the whole seventy dollars, roughly, and we hadn't even figured out the other stuff. But yeah, just, yeah. just, I mean, yeah, that's that's really cool that they have that that dial. They have some upsells. So sometimes, so like the initial offer is fifty, but they have some upsells. Like it's the AOV, then initially AOV up, but they just they know their LTV even over the, the next two to three months, and so you know, go, going hard on that, which is. Which I, is I would just point out to everybody listening that. Brett, this came to mind, and, and I can see Brett's face light up as he's talking about this. Like, this sounds like a fun customer to work with. So, Dude. <laughs> not only is this a well-run yeah. business, yeah. knows their numbers, but it's energizing everybody on the team. Everybody, like, Brett's not even on the team, and he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah listen yeah, to yeah. this guy. No, <laughs> I st- actually, I, I'm still on these calls because they're so much fun, but we... We bring in some of our account managers, which are, are in our company, our account managers are more like kind of the quarterback for the the client. They're coordinating communication and reports and meetings and stuff. And so sometimes we'll bring in newer AMs just to listen to these calls because they're like, blow your mind. Uh, we get so deep into the numbers and they've got this cube that they run and and we're triangulating data from multiple sources. It's, it's super fun, actually, super nerdy. Uh, but yeah, I, I do I do light up a bit uh, about that stuff. Um, cool. So, so we've got to have this, this overarching strategy, right, to connect our agencies. That's a growth multiplier. We can't just plug things in and, and hope that they work. We got to know our numbers. What are some other uh, growth inhibitors that we need to switch and use a growth multiplier on? One that comes to mind to me is, is vision. Yeah. And this can get a little... Uh, it can sound a little like fluffy or like mm-hmm. unimportant soft, to the hardcore business person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've, the more time I spend around high level, high growth businesses, really successful business leaders, the more evident it is to me that vision is the critical component that all of the things we've been talking about, they all rest on that. And so as a growth inhibitor, it's very clear now with with the amount of experience that I, I have at this point, I can tell when I walk into a business and it's lacking that vision. And a lot of those symptoms include uh, things like, surprise, surprise, not knowing your numbers or mm-hmm. not having a clear marketing plan or idea or not having like a vision for, for this is exactly where this business is going. Here's how we're going to get there. And here's what it's going to look like. That's how we'll know that we're there. 
uh, when you're missing those things, it's it's a huge inhibitor to everyone on the team. But also, like, we've been talking about some of the little specific things up until now. I kind of think a lot of them just are a symptom of lack of vision. Yeah, yeah. Where where are we going? What what is the the goal here? What is the roadmap? And and people need vision, right? Your your integrators, guys like you, guys and gals like you, need that vision. Agencies need that vision. I remember you were mentioning that that uh, Ryan Moran, Ryan Daniel Moran is one of the best uh, that you've been around at this. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit? I think you guys had a conversation in Austin, or well, you both live in Austin, so it's probably there. Uh, but you guys had a conversation recently that where you were like, "Wow, that that is a that is a perfect example." A vision. I know you probably can't get into too many of the specifics for, for confidentiality purposes there, but um, describe that. What does what a good visionary look like? Sure. So we were, uh, I was sitting down with Ryan and we were talking about one of his e-commerce brands. And, and this is a brand that, that has really, really high potential. Like this could easily be a $20, 30000000 million a year business. Um, and, as, and, and so like that's the far off destination. What I just described to you, though, is like people go either they either go, wow, or they roll their eyes like, yeah, everybody says that yeah. uh, because it's not a vision. And it's I wouldn't even consider it a destination. But what Ryan does so well, that gets people like me, the integrators, really excited. And, and if you're wondering what we're talking about, by the way, with visionaries and integrators, I, uh, I love the book Rocket Fuel. That yeah. kind of unpacks that whole model. I don't know if it originated there. Is, is that, is that uh, Gene Wickman? Is he the yes. same guy that wrote uh, Attraction? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so I'm like a textbook integrator, and Ryan's like a textbook visionary. And so uh, what, what I just was really enjoying in that conversation was, yeah, I could see the, yeah, down the road, the, the big $20 million, whatever. But that's real fuzzy and fluffy, and nobody knows how to get there. But what Ryan was able to do so well uh, with a clear vision was, was unpack like six months from now, this is what the business is going to look like. This is the, the business model. This is how we'll acquire customers. We'll use these products. They lead to these other products. Uh, and so like, like while there might be like 10 or 15 SKUs, it, he was even lining up like, these are the customer acquisition methods. This is about how much we'll be charging for products. This is how many people we'll have uh, as customers, it's going to result in this kind of revenue. And so as he's saying that- These are the kind of influencers out, we need to work with. Yeah. Even, right? He was thinking about at that, that level. Yeah, Exactly. And so as the team is hearing this, what we're able to, to now envision is, oh, okay, I know who needs to be on the team. I'm starting to envision like uh, how I'll need to be testing ads or what kinds of funnels need to be involved here, like all of this stuff. And, and that was like six months out. He backs it up. So three months, we need to be here. Two months, we need to be here. And and it, so by the end of that conversation, I could have walked out of the room and hired the next three people really confidently. Yeah. You, you could have started running that company from that one conversation, pretty much. Yes. And what I was kind of getting a sense from this, Brett, from what you were just describing about the, the, the customer example you gave a minute ago about knowing their numbers. Mm. To me, they must, I bet they have a really clear vision and know exactly where they're going. They do. They totally do. Yeah. And it's it's pretty exciting, yeah. And and so we we talk about this a lot. I mentioned Sarah still our, our COO. She and I talk about like what how does this role break down? What does this look like? Visionary versus integrator. And really the the visionary or the CEO is often more about the what. Like this this is this is what we need to do and where we need to go. And the integrator is about the how. 
right? Okay, well then, then these these are this is the who behind it, and these are the tactics, and this is how we get there. But yeah, you gotta have that. You gotta have that clear vision, and uh, it's just super super important. Uh, any advice there? Any any tips or strategies? The resources we mentioned, Rocket Fuel, also the book Traction, same author, great books. Any other? resources for for the, the the vision piece or or anything we've talked about so far any resources podcast tools yeah so uh justice marimi who i, th- I think was on this podcast also yeah I just about this. a couple weeks ago I don't, I don't know when that would be released and you know all that <laughs> stuff but yeah that dude's awesome love that guy i love justice too i talk to him almost every day um we him and i have talked about this a whole lot as well and and one of the books that he he turned me on to that i thought was helpful uh, was Vivid Vision? That's um, nice. totally blanking on his on his name. The Cameron Harold. So Vivid Vision is a is a good book. I found it shockingly detailed. If you're <laughs> you're reading it and you're like, wow, this is a really detailed vision, but it was also really helpful because it kind of gives you that picture of what does a good vision look like. Nice. And the other thing I would mention is this isn't necessarily a resource, but I am. And I feel like I'm swimming in a sea of visionaries and they're all looking for integrators. And as an integrator, it, it's interesting though because the integrators are really good at figuring out which visionaries they want to work with. So if you feel, if you're kind of identifying like, oh, I'm a visionary and I'm, where do you find these integrators? One, I'd say they're everywhere. But two, the thing that they're attracted to is your vision. So stop asking for integrators would be my advice and start sharing your vision and Mm -hmm. places where you're stuck and places you could use help and integrators will just pop up because we love to solve problems and help move things forward. Yeah. And so I'd be curious from your perspective, because I think sometimes there are, there are visionaries, right? And then there are just dreamers, right? I'm just, I just got all kinds of dreams and ideas and wildness and them all over the place. What, what are, what are, um, what, what type of visionary are you looking for? Right. So, so an integrator saying, ah, that's a clear visionary. That's the type of visionary that I would like to align myself with and work with. What are some of the elements you're looking for? I love that you described it as dreamer because yeah. justice and I had like a 45 minute conversation recently where, where I was, I was asking him the question. I was like, you know, sometimes we're talking to these visionaries and I just want to like dive out of a window and like run down the block. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, I'll work for you for free. Yeah. And I was, yeah. so I was trying to figure out what the difference is. I think he <laughs> nailed it right there, Brett. Yeah. It's like something inside me is going like dreamer. They're yeah. gonna, they, they view you I as the dream, man. task you were doer. Stuff up. Yeah. They're just going to heap tasks on you and, and yeah. more tasks. And it's like going to be this disconnected jumble of like them lobbing like greasy watermelons at you one after the other. Um, <laughs> greasy so. watermelons. And I've been around, so, uh, and, and I, I'm a visionary, but I'm also pretty practical. So I think, I think there's some balance there, but I've also been around people that'll be like, Hey, uh, I got this idea. Like go, go do this thing, like research these things, do all this. And then, you know, integrator, whoever goes and does that. And then they come back and then the visionary is like, yeah, I don't really care about that anymore. Let's, let's go do this thing. And then they're like, I just killed myself doing something yes. that now doesn't matter. Yeah. That that is, if you're an integrator, uh, that is very disrespectful. That's yeah. how that feels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you don't care about my time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. It's so interesting, and I think that that's the difference. Where uh, I, I love this book. I talk about it a decent amount on the podcast. What's called Made to Stick, and they talk about this concept of commander's intent. And a good commander's intent is something that's pretty simple, 
but also pretty clear, pretty concrete. It lets you know where to go, right? So the commander's intent is, hey, we will we will control this hill in this region by this time, right? Commander's intent, clear. Okay, now there's probably like a million things you got to think about on how do we get there, but that's the intent. We're going to go own that hill. Uh, and, you know, that that's not going to be changing back and forth. Maybe your tactics are going to change back and forth. But I think a good visionary is good at delineating that commander's intent would be my thought. I love that. I have, I, I never knew where I learned about commander's intent, but now yeah. I remember, because I, I love that book, stick. but it's been yeah. probably 10 years since I read it at this point. Yep. Yep. Uh, one of the things that we used a lot with the, the last team that I was leading was from uh, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Or she, Brene Brown is awesome. I've not read that book, but, but Brene Brown is, is, yeah, she's amazing. One of the concepts from, from that is she always talks about like paint done. And so we had just kind of built into our, our team culture. Uh, if somebody's saying, if, if Brett's like, yeah, I want to be in charge of a hill. Be like, paint done for me, Brett. Mm -hmm. And you would describe the thing you just described. Like it's that hill over there. We're going to control it. We're going to, I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm build a campfire on it, whatever done looks like to Brett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah. is essentially, we built that culture of, of being, of, of making it clear, uh, of like describing clearly what that commander's intent is. And, and I think that was a, it made, has made all the difference in, as far as, as the leader being able to step away, you can imagine that, uh, and actually have your business move forward. Uh, and also just have things like, Meet the expectations of, of where we're all going. But but yeah, I love that concept of commander's intent. I think it's really important to, to actually getting where you're going. And if you're a visionary, develop that. It's yeah. hugely valuable. Get, get crystal clear on that commander's intent and it's going to free your people up. It's going to guide them. It's going to inspire them and motivate them versus some of the other dreamer type stuff really demotivates the team. So we were kind of talking about team a little bit. I know that's something you mentioned um, when you and I were kind of prepping a few weeks ago that you like to focus on the team aspect. What are some of the elements of, of team that you like to drill into that, that are either, you know, growth inhibitors or growth multipliers? Uh, what would you say about team? Uh, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. So I, I have just started a consulting engagement with a, with a, a team that I haven't worked with before. It's an, it's an incredibly talented team. Uh, but it's, it's just really different than teams that I had operated with in the past. And, and after I'd been there a couple of days, I was talking to one of the leaders on the team and they were, and they were just kind of picking my brain about what I saw. And I was like, well, you know, if I had to describe it, like the team is incredibly talented, but it kind of feels like genius with a thousand helpers. Mm. And that's where I see a lot of businesses go. Uh, and it's, and that's like, isn't that a concept from uh, uh, Good to Great and and Jim Collins? I think I think I've, well, I've at least heard him use that term before. Like yes. genius with a thousand helpers. That's not a sustainable business. No, it's a it's a recipe for burnout. Yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. uh, and so that's that's often one of the first things that I look at in the business is is how to break that link, that dependency between the leader and the stuff that's getting done. And one of the important tools to that really is what we were just talking about with commander's intent. I think that's an important tool. Uh, it's bringing in an integrator uh, and, and really just finding ways to, so that you can stay in vision mode as the leader. And then the vision gets carried out and done without you. And that without you part is, is always scary and hard. 
uh, especially for visionaries who have a really clear vision and you're like, but it has to look just like this. Yeah. Like yeah. it can if you <laughs> describe it well and uh, you build a team around you that can actually do it. And so that's really one of my my passions and the things that I love is just unlocking that puzzle and figuring out how to get work done through other people. Uh, and I, what I found is that if, if, is that it all starts with vision and it all starts with that leader and then just assembling the team and, and getting the right people on the bus and in the right seats, uh, you can solve it for any business. And totally. uh, it's really fun and really rewarding. And, and Brett, I know you've done a fantastic job uh, over at OMG. You guys are growing like crazy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. And it's one of those things where, you know, I really didn't know how to build a team in the beginning. I built some like ministry teams and volunteer teams and stuff like that, but I uh, made a lot of mistakes, but we we have the right people and, like, and a good culture. And I think that's like the glue that holds it together that attracts the right people and, and keeps us growing, growing and going forward. But yeah, we're at, we're over 50 now and and adding people like crazy. I got like two interviews uh, uh, early next week and, and yeah, continuing to, to grow. Um, but yeah, this piece is is so important. Getting the the right team in place, and and one of the things and I think this actually came up in my chat with Justice. But I'm a big Craig Groeschel fan. He's a pastor of the church that we attend, but also listen to his leadership podcast and his books and stuff. And in his leadership podcast, he says, "Hey, you can have growth, or um, you can have growth, or you can have control, but you can't have both, right?" And, <laughs> and I think I have a tendency uh, at times to like dig into all the details. And then I become the the bottleneck, right? And and it is a little scary and a little weird for this area of the business to be growing. And it's like you're not doing anything, like it's all it's all your people. Weird at first, but then after a while, it's kind of freeing. And then you realize, hey, my my role is just to help them grow and help them when they're stuck and bring out the best in them. That's the most productive thing I can do. That's the growth multiplier from my efforts is not doing it but helping them do it better and helping them get unstuck and things like that. But it's, it's sometimes tough yeah, to release control or, or going back to what you said of, well, no, I've got this clear vision, but it has to be done this way. And that's usually a, a real lid to growth. Yes, 100%. Uh, I really like how you were just describing that, Brett. What, what I've found as I have grown in my own career and just been around other successful leaders is that uh, and this is one of those things that sounds fluffy to say to somebody who hasn't yet experienced this, but so much of it is mindset and just how you're thinking about things. And mm -hmm. and what you were just describing there, Brett, what I'm when I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh, Brett's at that like results through others is your focus right now and yeah, developing it is. people, it is. not developing new new house. Mm -hmm. uh, you're developing people, and that's uh, really rewarding and really cool. And I mean. Your growth speaks for itself that as you shift your mindset, like things are going well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's really fun. And I think it's just a matter of kind of shifting your mindset. I still like to use a Gary Vee term, like clouds and dirt. I still like to get in the dirt on occasion, like just with, with certain things. Uh, but now I'm taking more of the mindset of, I'm not digging into the dirt so that I do it. I'm digging into the dirt so I can uncover something and say, hey, did you guys think about this? Did you look at this? Is this... Is this helpful? Like, again, more looking at how do I use the detail to, to further the team and enhance what the team is doing? As that's kind of how I'm looking at that. So awesome. So I, I, lo I love team. And this has kind of been, you know, my, my focus and what I've been thinking about a lot lately. And you and I both come from the agency world. So, so how do we apply this to a marketing context, right? So 
as we're growing agencies, we're growing these, or rather growing D2C brands, I'm growing an agency, but as listeners are growing a D2C brand, uh, what does this look like? How do you successfully plug an agency into what you're doing, or how do you successfully plug the right team in? Uh, unpack that just a little bit, if you would, Deacon. Yeah, uh, I'd love your thoughts on some of this too, Brett, because as, yeah. as I'm thinking through this, I'm like, all right, well, when do you, there's like kind of two questions. It's like, well, when is it time to hire an agency or like what's a growth inhibitor or a growth multiplier in this context? One of the growth inhibitors that I see sometimes is is actually hiring an agency too soon, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so, it totally does. And, <laughs> and I say this because like, a lot of times brands will go talk to agencies and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't work with people until they're at X level. And one of the interesting things is like, well, you're, you could suppose that they're just too big and mighty to take on customers that are that small at this point. Or you could suppose that they have found that there's actually a better way for you to grow at that stage. And mm-hmm. I've always kind of been in the second boat. And um, Brett, I'd love your thoughts on this, but I always kind of viewed in the beginning stages it's simple enough and there's few enough moving parts that I want you to do it yourself just to mm-hmm. figure out something, like get some yeah. traction around messaging and, and offers and stuff like that. So it's almost like stage zero, I would say, don't hire an agency. Go get mm-hmm. your hands dirty. <laughs> yeah. I really like that advice a lot. And I think there's, there's a few ways to look at it. I think a lot of agencies, we do this even where we're like, hey, you kind of need to be about this level of spend, this level of traction in these platforms before we can really help. And part of that is, hey, there needs to be some data there. We can really accelerate growth when there's data. But also part of that is you've proven you've got a good offer and you've proven you've got a a product that people want, right? And and I love this. Have you seen the movie Hitch with uh, Mm -hmm. Will Smith? It's a little bit older now. I love this part in in the beginning. He's like consulting with this dude and trying to help him, you know, so that he can uh, meet uh, uh, a lady. And um, he's just talking about like, you know, the the guy that that Will Smith is coaching is like, well, I'm this or I'm that. And and Will Smith kind of grabs him and says, you are a very fluid concept right now. Like we need, we need to, we need to get control of this, right? (laughs) Slapping him, you know. But I, I think sometimes businesses are in that stage where it's like, yeah, your brand and where, like what you're doing, it's a fluid concept right now. And certainly we'll always be pivoting, tweaking, evolving, things like that. But when you're still really trying to figure things out, you're trying to figure out who you are, that's maybe not the best time for an agency. Maybe that is a time to talk to an agency, reach out to a company like ours. We're happy to just still chat. Um, but, but sometimes like a good agent will say, hey, go do these things first, right? Like really nail this product and an offer that goes with that product and let's get some other products with it. And once you can kind of prove that out, then come back. Like then we can really help you. Because uh, we, we do see that. I mean, there certainly is an area where, hey, if you're only spending a couple thousand a month on ads, like our, our fees are more than that. So why, why would you do that? But I think there's also this, this moment where you're like, you need, to, you need to tinker. You need to experiment. You need to figure out exactly who your audience is, who your uh, products are, and, and, and things like that. So Yeah, I love that you mentioned an, an offer that works because that's like, it's really important. And uh, you don't yeah. want to spend way overspend to find out that, your offer doesn't work. And it's something that you don't have to be a genius at ads to just answer that one question. And what I see a lot of times with, with business owners in the early stages is this kind of like rush to outsource everything. Like I'm the CEO, I shouldn't be insert whatever menial yeah. task there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that mindset can also be 
uh, I think, a, a hindrance to you moving forward. So stage zero, I always recommend don't hire an agency. Go do it yourself. You're going to move faster. Uh, you're going to spend, you're going to save money for your business yep. and you're going to learn a lot. Yeah, exactly. And then once you have that data, once you kind of hit critical mass, you've got some traction, but you know, hey, I, I don't now have the expertise to take it to the next level. That's when you go find your agency that's got a proven track record of doing that, of taking someone from where you are to, to the, the next level. And and uh, yeah, I think I think that's exactly the way you approach it. That's beautiful. Awesome, man. Well, this has been a blast. Uh, I could keep talking to you for hours. We'll have to do this again sometime for sure. But but Deacon, if people are listening in there and they're saying, I need someone like Deacon on my team, I need to, or at least need to chat with this guy and see if this could work. How can people find out more about what you're doing? Also, you just launched a podcast recently. So talk about that. But yes, yeah, so talk podcasts and also how can people find you? Awesome. Well, Everything that I am sharing, you can find at sharpbusinessgrowth.com. Uh, that's kind of my home base for right now. And, and yeah, Brett, you just mentioned uh, I launched a podcast with Justice. So <laughs> Justice I did not know that. Show. So we started talking. So like, now nah, yeah. I've got to subscribe to this podcast and get it going. Surprise. Yeah. And a lot of this came from, from us, you know, when we were hanging out in Austin and we're having all these really just interesting, fun chats with, with investors, with business leaders, uh, with with agency owners and all these different people. And this is kind of where I spend all of my time. It's where Justice spends a lot of his time. And so really, we just wanted to create a podcast to just share candid conversations like Brett, you and I just had right here, because uh, it's not shared enough. It's it, There's too much like, I don't know, tactics and yeah. shiny objects out there and, and, uh, and not enough of like what's, what, what I think is really interesting, Brett, is like when we hang out, it's like, Businesses would love to know what we're all talking about right after they pitched us. Yeah. Like, isn't that? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's like, yeah, if you could be a fly on a wall when someone's unpacking your your pitch you just made to them, that's super uh, helpful. So it sounds like that's, that's kind of what you and Justice are, are doing. And, and I totally agree with you. And I'm even thinking, thinking about this podcast, how do I maybe pivot a little bit? People still want tactics, right? And that's kind of what, what oh, yeah. sells, so to speak. But some of the what we we're talking about today, this was like really where growth is unlocked. This was really where you make changes that move the needle. Tactics come and go, and tactics are important. But yeah, some of this stuff is is timeless and the most important. So uh, awesome, man. So uh, that that website one more time, sharpbusinessgrowth.com. And what's the podcast? And where and where can we find the podcast? All our favorite podcast apps, I would assume. I believe so. I just pushed it live earlier this week. I, I know it's up in Apple and Spotify. Podcast is called Sharp Business Growth. Uh, and yeah. Deacon Bradley and Justice Marimi. All right, man. I am super excited to go download the first. Looks like I have three episodes at least that are live at the time of this recording. I'm sure by the time this is published, we'll have lots more. So check that out as well. Deacon Bradley, ladies and gentlemen. Deacon, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. This was a, a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in and, and setting aside your time to hang out with us. We would love your feedback. What would you like to hear more of on this show? Do you like conversations like this where we're talking a little bit higher level and kind of diving into what kind of growth mindset and growth leverage do we need to pull beyond just tactics? We'd love to hear more about that. And if you find this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you reviewed this wherever you consume podcasts, whether that's iTunes or Google Podcasts or, or Spotify or, or wherever the case may be. 
Uh, and with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.